Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of True Understanding. Today, I'm going to be discussing the awakening of one's spirituality, understanding what it is that you're seeing, feeling, and hearing, why we evolved to have these abilities, as well as what if it's too much. The things that I'm going to refer to have been drilled into your head in common culture already, to an extent. The third eye, your chakras, energy, aura, and a variety of other phenomena. These phenomena are the most basic interactions with what someone could refer to as God. God being the universe, the energy that pervades it and creates it and gives it form, shape, and life. You could look at God as the cosmic background radiation, in a sense. You could look at God as someone that is someone or something that is all around you. But we're going to stop talking about that for a minute. Because I first want you to understand how to understand. Smoking marijuana, along with a variety of other psychoactive chemicals, drugs, and illicit substances, have a profound effect on your neurological systems. From the organs in your body functioning differently, to your nervous system responding differently, to certain portions of your brain or body being activated more heavily while under the effect of these stimulants. What they do to the body can be equated to that of a car. When you put in standard, let's say, 83 grade gasoline, runs the car, it does well, but it gums up the engine. It has debris and a variety of other issues that make it less viable than the more expensive 93 or premium grade. If the universe chose to express itself in such a way that it created a consciousness to understand itself, then it can be inferred that in a sense our DNA is a barcode for the universe to scan at any given point and look at us and sort of understand, well that's this person as it's tied to their genetic code. Their, you could even refer to it as a sort of barcode. The quaternary code that makes up DNA, adenosine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine, are what encode this spiritual barcode to your physical form and gives your soul shape. Think of it as a waveform. This is your frequency, or at the very least, your starting frequency who you are, what you like, what you enjoy, and why you pursue what you pursue. And it changes over time. Einstein's famous equation, E equals mc squared, put simply, states that energy and matter are transformable between one another. And what this equates to is the idea that matter and energy, since they are the same body, matter can turn into energy and vice versa. I know I sound a bit redundant restating that, but it's important to know this. Since matter and energy are directly able to change into one another, in a sense, you are able to put and impart energy onto the physicality of the world. You're able to adjust your frequency, adjust what it is that surrounds you. Now, knowing this, that means that energy interacts with matter 
in a very specific way. This can be looked at in the material properties that we see for pretty much anything in front of us. To the ferro and electromagnetic nature of iron, to the incredible hardness, durability, and strength of titanium, to the intricate combinations that you get when you attempt to create psychoactive substances. Now, you can look at drugs as a sort of modification or temporary boosting of the system that consumes them. And each of these has a very distinct and profound effect upon the mind, the body, and the soul. With proper procedure, you will create a elevated consciousness that is able to speak to, call forth, and communicate and commune with that which lies beyond. These consciousnesses and these disembodied voices and these feelings you feel are in part due to our intrinsically human nature, being that we are tied to everyone on this planet in the same ways that they are tied to us. Your habits make you what you are. So, if you have habits of a great and powerful person, it's not guaranteed, but it is indeed very likely that you will become a great and powerful person. Hence why they say, copy what everybody else does to be successful. What this does, from a scientific standpoint, is entangle you to these people, in the sense that when you become like these people, you begin to act more like them more and more, as it is very likely that they are on such a high vibrational state that they cannot be affected or dragged down by you without due force. By elevating yourself and your consciousness, you're able to look down on everyone around you, not in a, in a light of arrogance. You're able to look down on people, not in a light of arrogance, but with a light of kingship or queenship, queendom. What you gain having this ability to truly look upon others and examine them with a fine magnifying lens is that you are able to heal them if they are willing to be healed and if they're willing to recognize where they is, where it is that they fall short. But not everybody is willing to listen to them. Throughout your body, there is an entire electrical system known as your nervous system. This system carries electronic impulse in the form of electrolytes and chemical reactions that form the basis of how we see, experience, and feel everything in the world. Knowing that our body is partly energy allows you to command this energy that is around you at any given time. It allows you to influence others around you. It allows you to influence that which should not be around you. Moving this energy through your body smoothly is rather difficult for anybody who has never experienced any sort of spiritual awakening before. But to begin very simply, first begin by knowing that when you inhale, you are taking in energy into your body in the form of oxygen. Now, once this oxygen enters your body, give it the intention to fuel and empower your body and your soul. Allow it to cleanse you of all that which ails you. 
Allow it to cleanse everything that should not be within you that creates your higher purpose for yourself. Many times this is referred to as Reiki, Chakra, Aura, or a variety of other phenomena that can all simply be chalked up to the soul. People who have the abilities to innately manipulate or have self-learned how to control, manipulate, and affect reality to an extent are known as espers, telepaths, psychers, psychokinetics, um, empaths. There is a variety of titles for these people and yet they are entirely understood. And then you have schizophrenics. Schizophrenics are unilaterally more powerful than people who awaken to their abilities. As schizophrenics are genetically predispositioned to have these abilities, to be able to communicate with that which lies beyond. In times far bygone, they were referred to as seers, as soothsayers, wizards, um, a variety of people. Some people even see priests or others as akin to these people who have innately been born with these abilities. There are a variety of ways that these gifts can manifest. Some people are blessed with sight beyond. They see things that aren't there, and yet they are to those who see them and feel them. There are those that quite literally will smell the familiar scent of a dead or long past loved one and be reminded of them. That is quite simply their soul coming to say, I'm still here, I'm still watching. There are people who are able to let their body be taken over for a possession and then cast the spirit out not long after. There are those who are able to scribe what it is that they see and hear and write it on paper to transcribe it. There are people who see beyond but do not physically see, they imagine it. These are people able to shift their vibration to such an extent that they're able to see into alternate existences, either lower or higher dimensions. There are those that are able to predict the future, oftentimes through dreams. But it's not truly a prophetic dream, at least only rarely is it. Time travel within a dream state is indeed possible, but not easy nor common. Time is only forward moving for us because that is how we are designed to perceive it. To look back through the slices of time, one would have to be a being from higher than time itself. And any being from a lower dimension that's not well enough accustomed to this will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, well, it's maddening. If you've ever seen the movie Flat World, or read the book Flat World, it's a very, very good observation on what it would be like to take a two-dimensional creature into the 3D world. So many concepts foreign altogether and yet all too familiar. Furthermore, understanding how the energy interacts with your brain 
and your body is very deeply intertwined with what gifts you do have. Those blessed with the lot or the menagerie of all of them are typically very wise and quiet people. Some people have them and they are unaware. Other people have them and they are very blatantly aware, doling up massive stories and diatribes on what is life, what is everything, what does it all mean? Something like what I'm doing now. And even I can say I truly know nothing and I may never know anything at all, but I will pass down what I think I know. Understanding what it is that you're seeing, hearing, feeling, or even or even experiencing requires deep and intuitive thought. Oftentimes, many people are cursed. And I don't mean that in the figurative sense in that oh, something bad always happens to them. More often than not, somewhere, someone along the line cursed you or your family to be a certain way because of a past grudge or grievance that still clings to your bloodline to this day. Oftentimes, it shows up in phantom pains, pricking of needles upon the skin but no visible mark, scratches with no explanation for how they got there, pain throughout the body with no reason or cause, malaise without having done anything to make you tired. And all of these are the most simple and basic of curses. Some run far deeper. Some are a lot more scary. But let's understand what they are. We'll start with demons, since they're the most commonly spoken of in popular culture. Demons are an energy that has been tortured, warped, changed and altogether altered into something that they no longer are. They experience time a lot differently than we do. To them, it's looking at options upon a storyboard in a thousand, thousands of thousands of different directions. All being options for what could happen next. All they need to do is influence the key players, the key pieces. As they shift us through these timelines, it is what creates the life with which we lead. At least, if you're an unlucky one who was cursed, or is a soul slave to the government, or the places to which they live. Nextly are the angels. Angels can be exactly as they say entirely benevolent spirits with no greater purpose or higher calling than to protect those around them and others to their fullest extent. To be the shield where there is no protection. Whether or not these were created by an all-powerful consciousness being the universe or whether that these are simply spirits or divination or distillations of God's own consciousness remains to be seen as I am not dead yet but more often than not it is of my understanding 
that these are people that are looking out for those that seek the greatest of good for everybody. Not just themselves, not just their family, not just their neighbors, but for everybody who lives and breathes. Nextly, we have the wandering souls. Humans, animals, creatures, much like you or I, have gained some form of self-awareness as to what the soul and its nature is. Often they wander because they have unfinished business. They are not happy, they are not pleased, and they left before it was truly their time, at least in their eyes. These wandering souls, more often than not, cling to beings who can hear them, perceive them, and see them without ever having truly understood the pain, the trauma, and variety of other things that cause them grief or harm. These spirits that cling constantly, pervasively, will drain you of your life in trying to ascend or gain more power, as even in the spiritual world there is a hierarchy. There are the alphas, there are the betas, and everything in between. The pack. The legion. Finally, we move on to my personal favorite and also the scariest. Egregores. That's E-G-R-E-G-O-R-E-S. Collective will. An egregore is the idea that enough thoughts focused on the same idea, same task, and same purpose, create a living, breathing spirit that is both human and not human in creation. This spirit starts off and begins as an entirely amorphous entity. This amorphous entity becomes whatever it is that they who desire it to be. This amorphous entity becomes whatever it is that the main contributor desires it to be. It takes on form and is given life, a sort of chimera consciousness. These can be very powerful and very dangerous, as a non-fleshed-out egregore can lash out in violence and anger those given sentience and self-awareness can also be just as much of a detriment as their will may inhibit yours or they may try to assimilate your consciousness into them by simple spreading of a thought plague as once they are given thought and body and form they are given reality to interact with the physical as much as you are but that's only unless you give them the power to do so the same can be said to angels, demons, wandering souls, as much as to whatever you believe the true and universal darkness to be. When we were originally developing on this planet, we evolved in such a way, for some reason or another, to be able to feel if another creature was looking upon us. This likely developed as a way to sense a predator before it had the chance to attack. 
I'm sure we've all been in hair-raising situations where we were frozen stiff, analyzing the moment momentarily, wondering, why am I scared? What is there that's watching me? What's worrying me? Careful survey of your surroundings, and you see a lion crouched in the grass waiting for you. This lion does not pounce, it simply waits until you move just a bit closer, or you avert your gaze just a little further. It could be behind you, and it could have been in front of you. Regardless, you knew it was there without having seen it. This is in part your higher consciousness, but it is also your predecessors and their spirits telling you there's something there. This can be referred to as genetic memory. And genetic memory isn't this idea that literal memories and information is stored within your DNA besides gene expression. It's not what I'm saying. The intrinsic energy of a person's soul is tied to one's own DNA. This meaning that no matter what you do, your family's grief tragedies past will follow you until you decide to make a change and to alter your vibrational frequency. We evolved this way to sense that which could kill us, likely as a form of passing knowledge as well, as those who can hear the spirits, see the spirits, convene with the spirits, and understand what it is they have to tell us were the ones that essentially collected the most knowledge. They had everything at their fingertips, if only a way to truly speak it to the people. This comes the difficult part of being a seer, or a psychic. Being able to make sense of the incredible amount of information that you are being given at any given time. Having the ability to do this comes at a caveat of losing one's humanity to a sense. You no longer feel as your neighbor does. You'll rarely find solace in day-to-day -day activities. And you'll rarely be at peace until you come to the conclusion that, quite simply, I'm already dead. This harkens to time and how time works. Time exists all at once in fourth dimensional space. And the same me that's speaking this to you is already dead 80 years from now, however long it is that I may live. Knowing that this is a form of passing knowledge to people, this can also in greatly increase the way you comprehend memory. Memory in and of itself is tuning a portion of your brain to a specific portion of time allotted to yourself. This would essentially mean the more tied you are to your memories of the past and willing to let them go, both conversely and inversely, affects how far you are able to move forward at any given time. If you have a truly traumatic, terrible, and awful past, 
and people look to you as pitiful and downtrodden. Forget your past right then and there, and cut out everything from that past you. Absolutely everything. Whether it's video games, whether it's shopping, whether it's pornography, whether it's a bad habit, whether it's not getting up out of bed and making your bed, whether it's not brushing your teeth, whether it's not flossing, whether it's not making yourself a proper meal rather than some freezer meal goy slop, or whether or not you truly love yourself as what you are, an animal, a human being. Being an animal is only one of the options, one that you will see many people taking gleefully, joyfully, blissfully unaware of what is going to become of them. Why would we be given rational thought if we were not meant to elevate ourselves above the animals? To think for ourselves, to act for ourselves, and to do as we see fit for the greater good of the cosmos as a whole. To vegans and vegetarians, I say, perhaps we should only eat meat eaters. But did we not evolve to eat meat, to process it, and to utilize it effectively? To the vegans in particular, I would say, look to that which it is you eat. The black bean burgers, the tofu bacon, the veggie steaks. How about the cheese that you eat? I say cheese in quotation marks, as that is by far some of the most processed, inhumane, incompatible food you could possibly eat. People always wonder, why are vegans and vegetarians so slim and fit? Well, the truth of the matter is, they don't get any fat for long-term survival. That isn't to say, go out and become morbidly obese. No, far from it. But a healthy amount of fat will keep you awake when you're extremely tired. A healthy amount of fat becomes long-burn energy when you are without food for three months. A large supply of fat comes in handy when you're cold. A large supply of fat also comes in handy when you're hot. It allows you to sweat more. A large supply of fat also gains you a combat, a combat advantage over someone of much lighter stature. Knowing the pros and cons of living on Earth being a human being, treating this whole system like a game, is what I want to instill in this group that listens to this. Because everything we see, we hear, we taste, we touch, we consume, is the universe experiencing itself. The moment we grasp on to the universe itself, the moment we take it by its hand, say I'm ready to work with you what do you want me to do it won't be a malicious act it asks you to commit it won't be a terrible deed it wants you to do it won't ask you to trade away this that or the third it will simply ask you do what must be done what must be done in my opinion that I've come to over a great long pondering. The universe ought to be a garden 
with every planet having the seeds of life if it has solid ground. Make every planet in the universe a colorful and vast garden with trees of fruit, flowers that smell, trees that breathe and clean the earth and the waters. Life filling every single portion of these planets. And if we are to live on these planets, then to live in harmony with them, to not take too much from the environment, to let it recuperate, to give back where we must. For we cannot simply take, take, and take from unconditional love. For even if it is unconditional, we must still give back as a sign of our unconditional love for the fact that we were given life, even if it is suffering, even if it is painful, we must live on. There is a great, great deal of work to be done here, and there are so few willing hands to pull through and achieve what must be done. What to do if it's too much to handle? If any of you listening to this have gotten anxious, worried, or at any point overwhelmed with what it is you're feeling, take a step back, take a couple deep breaths, and let that which is around you pass you by, as it cannot see you, it cannot touch you, it cannot feel you, and it cannot hurt you. It is simply commentary of those gone by. So many spirits exist in this world, both kind and unkind. There isn't really a specific way to turn it off, but for many people, what you can do to turn it off is pretty simple. Drown it out. Listen to music. Occupy your mind. Do something productive for your day. Write. Read. Create something with your hands. Cook. Meditate. Do something that isn't staring at your phone, consuming an endless amount of media and other people's opinions. Form one for yourself. Create a life that you want to live, not one that's shovel and spoon-fed to you by whatever influencer it is that you follow most closely. Because in the same way that spirits like to feed off of living people, take their energy, or try to possess them, other people will do this to you too. Coping, once you've understood what the voices are, what they intend, how they interact with you was one of the things that nearly drove me crazy. Uh, it drove me so crazy I spent three days in a psych clinic wondering what the hell my life is going to be like when I'm out of here. It's certainly not going to cure me, but it was worse than being wherever it is I was. Far, far worse than wherever it is I was. I couldn't imagine being, being there for more than three days. There were people that had been there for months. There was a woman screaming she was possessed by demons. And quite simply, I looked at her and I thought to myself, 
I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Now knowing what I know, she was the target for hundreds and thousands of people and all their negative intentions simply being poured into her soul and heart like a landfill, filling her life with garbage, her mind with disgust, terrible delusions and fear, all falling into her lap as though it was meant to be there. Whether this came from spiritual weakness or very powerful telepathic ability that was abused and mutilated by one more powerful than her is unknown and I cannot make that assumption or guess. But what I can tell you do, tell you to do, is to protect yourself. And here is how I protect myself. Oftentimes, you will feel phantom pains throughout your body. The best thing you can do to these is not react to them and think nothing of them more than something that's not there is trying to prick my skin to get my attention or to make me believe that I am ailed by something or other, a curse or a hex. Another method, which is a little more in-depth, still simple, envision and visualize as clearly as possible within your mind's eye the space with which you are occupying to be filled with a pure white light, harder than the hardest of stone, brighter than the brightest of stars. It doesn't necessarily protect you, but it keeps them from being able to possess you or speak ill of you. As within the light, all creatures that dwell within the darkness must speak truth, else they will be burned. Protecting yourself and others is a similar method. You can simply put this cone of protection around them so that they are unable to be afflicted by that which they cannot see. Whether or not you are successful in protecting these people is something else. As for one, they ought to know what you are trying to do, and they ought to be made aware that you are there, and you're the one trying to help them. As nobody else may be, at least not verbally acknowledging it. The last thing I want to talk about is prayers and mass consciousness. When a group of a thousand people is led in prayer to heal someone of disease, what happens to that disease? Where does it go? This miraculous healing certainly works. I, for one, have stood before a friend and said to him, well, let me make your knee feel better. I know you just got surgery. But let me see what I can do. I applied a very simple prayer. And my prayer was answered by his pain being gone from his body entirely. Whether it was truly by my hand or that of the doctors doesn't, doesn't really matter to me. His knee doesn't hurt anymore. And I made that happen. Perhaps it was medication. Perhaps it's the rehabilitation. It feels better. I won't tell you my methods. I won't tell you my secrets. At least not entirely. 
So I intend to remain the alpha of the pack for as long as possible to achieve my goals. We will make the universe a garden. Through no force of will, through no violence, through no bloodshed, let karma's cycle be broken. That is the goal. Thank you for joining me on another episode of True Understanding. I greatly appreciate you listening and listening to the ramblings of what society would deem a schizophrenic. Know for a fact I'm not, and they want me to die even now, but I will not. I will persist, and they can't stop me. No matter what they may try to throw at me, no matter how many terrible things they throw in my path, I will not let them. Thank you. Have a great night. I, for one, like to ride bicycles in my free time. Greatly enjoy it. It's a lovely pastime. You get to go around nice and slow, or nice and fast, depending on what kind of person you are. See the sights, or blaze past them. But all in all, typically, you want to you want to wear something that looks good while you're riding. Whether you're wearing jeans and a t-shirt, full spandex and lycra, or if you're just one of those half guys that just wears shorts and a sweater, goes for a bike ride and says, hey, you know what, I'm feeling it. Check out my store, rulersofcool.com. On the site, I offer a large variety of customization options and bike parts, as well as a couple nice folding bikes that I've taken a good liking to. I like their parts. Their bikes are also pretty awesome. If you are tired of the same drab look on your bike, the all black or silver or red color schemes and the common colors you see on bikes, come take a look at what I have to offer. I've got lime green brake calipers. Where have you seen those on anybody's bike? Lord knows I haven't, at least not from a custom brand or dealership. Not to mention, a couple interesting lights, some gimmicky doodads, and a whole lot of hula mcgarky. Check us out at rulersofcool.com. That's R-U-L-E-R-S-O-F-C-O-O-L.com. That's rulersofcool.com. Check us out. I would appreciate your time.